Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kittens, children of all ages, welcome to episode 8 of the Safe Tribble Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, the Black Tribble's weekly review of HBO's historical fantasy horror series. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And I am joined by her. Hey, it is Gabe, your favorite good ghoul gone bad, the horror triple. This is my season talking about all things spooky and why it matters. And I am psyched this is going to be a great episode. Lots of emotions. Lots of emotions. And our co-host is her. Hey, Tribbles. My apologies. I forgot my notes once again. I thought I'd be back. Before the lights came up. Um, but what's up? It's your favorite neighborhood, uh, friendly neighborhood comic and coffee slinger. It's your girl, the Amalgam Triple, a.k.a. Uncanny Triple, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Triple. Show, Show enough. enough. In the building. And we are also joined by him. You already know who it is and what I do. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple, Emac, in the building, being in investigated and, and, and incorporated and all these other kind of things. What's up, man? We here. <laughs> hey. Say hello. And, and who do we have joining us? <laughs> we, we, it wouldn't be Monday night if we didn't have your co-host, uh, E. Oh, my co-host? Man's baby Jedi. You already know who else. and tonight ladies and gentlemen we are uh very fortunate because we have a very special guest joining us this evening and that would be her hi i'm elizabeth wellington i'm a writer with the inquirer hi little person i'm a writer with the inquirer i'm a lifestyle columnist um i um am a triple i have a triple name for some reason, it escaped me what it was. I don't, so I, that makes me a bad triple. I was like, I need to tell them. Um, but I am, uh, <laughs> I gave you one. I'm like, oh shoot, I can't remember. Was it third eye triple? Was it tribe triple? Something cool like that. But, um, my name is Elizabeth Wellington. I'm a writer with the Inquirer and I love Lovecraft Country. And I'm here to talk about last night's show, which was really scary. I was scared. We are here to review, as you heard it straight from her lips, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to review episode eight of Lovecraft Country, which was Jigabobo, uh, written by Misha Green and Uma Oforadier, uh, directed also by the showrunner Misha Green. <laughs> uh, Diana, played by Jada Harris, finds herself in Captain Lannister's crosshairs when a visitor from his past arrives Atticus and Letty take steps to protect their future um, that was just a synopsis off of IMDB but I don't know about y'all it seemed like a whole lot more happened last night on Lovecraft Country so to take us through it as always we have Gabe and Ariel boom shakalaka let us know to all of us and the people watching on YouTube and Facebook, take it away with our review of last night's episode. Right. <sighs> you want to start, Gabe? Sure. Um, 
Yeah, big sigh for sure. There's a lot of emotions that happen in this episode. I think we are used to um, being kind of raw and emotional when watching Lovecraft Country. Uh, it they have all the showrunners, Misha Green and them, have have really successfully gotten to the heart of their viewers um, mm. by interwe like interwoving like real life. And, you know, but but before this, a lot of those, like, real-life things were kind of on the side. It was, you know, a soundtrack or, like, a picture or, like, a rumored character that seemed like, you know, right? Like, there was, like, homages in there. And this is a blatant, like, no, this character who – or the, this person that – exists in our world is a character in this show and a character that we've seen a few times and that it has been had been you know we sussed it out immediately um thanks to ariel <laughs> of of remarking about bobo and, and his character and to open the show like um when i watched it like as soon as it opens and you know you can kind of feel what was going on i was like oh my god this is it like mm -hmm. they plopped us right into the mm -hmm. middle of this and I knew exactly what was going on before anyone even said anything. Like I was just like, whoa, this is where we're starting. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I think I was, uh, you know, taken aback. Um, I mentioned last show that uh, uh, when they're playing the game and the other little boy says like, man, when did Bobo come back? Because he actually knows how to play. So we, you know, that episode told us that he is on on his trip, and we so we all know he's not actually coming back. And so knowing that, you know, I don't think they they did not just uh, obviously plop Emmett Till in there to to drop it off, right? So I, the fact that he's there, the fact that they are making mention of where we are in his life um, mm -hmm. at each point in time, each episode, we kind of know. All right, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Okay, okay. he's gone. So you know, you you know that's coming, but you don't know how they're going to don't present it to us. Um, mm -hmm. so again, just dropping us, you know, in the, the midst of this throng of people, you know, traffic, I just told you it doesn't having to be, you know, rerouted or you know, asking people to make room, and then you realize, oh my God, you know, just um. I think for me until recently seeing pr the protests that have been happening, you know, uh, nationwide, worldwide, the idea of right, that show, many people in one place. And so just to think it's just this, you know, I'm sure it's the small church on the South side and people are gathered to like pay their respect to this little boy. Um, I mean, again, it, it's, it mirrors an, a, the same place we are now. Right. So, so like, like, like that was in the forefront of my oh, mind as I'm watch watching show, it. Like, man, this looks familiar. Thank you. You know, just kind of, and the fact that we're still protesting essentially um, the same thing, um, and yeah. and and justice not being served um, when we are the victims. So, it was just a raw place to drop your audience. So, I mean, we're of course seeing the characters' reactions, but we ourselves are raw like we know you know what i mean uh, like i like uh at the um african-american museum in dc like i've seen his casket and yeah, and, and gone yeah. in that room and it's like something 
comes over you when you walk in there, right? So so I think we we all mourn Emmett Till like we knew him, right? So so again mm-hmm. to just drop us right there, you've already kind of got everybody on edge on high alert because we had we already have a c- emotional connection with this little boy and his um you know his tragedy. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I was just going to say like just speaking about the show it was what was so powerful about it was that it it immediately like you say it takes you plops you right in the middle but it also sets up the place it sets up the time because we are in the summer it's hot it's it, it and you you see the the sweat glistening off of people you see people dealing with the heat as well as and because of that heat and because of Emmett Till's mother purposefully having an open casket at his funeral you could you see them um overwhelmed not only by the the image of the young young man but the smell of of his of his corpse and you're you are it's it's almost visceral you know we joked before the um the episode about how they how they haven't invented smell-o-vision yet but this was like close as close to it as you were because you were like very much in the in the place right and it was just um crazy impactful uh especially like how you said it, it gabe they made emmett till a character in this show in the same way that he is a character in every black person's life. Because really all we really know is, you know, you've maybe seen a picture of him, you know, because we haven't, no one's ever seen like a video of him or anything like that. So we've only seen a picture of him and then we know the aftermath. And it's, and, 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 and he was still very much, you know, a part of our lives. That's, that's why, like you said, Ariel, when you go to the museum in Washington, it is so impactful. It is so, you know, overpowering when you walk into that to that scene, especially the way that you know they ha- they they have it set up so that you can go in there, you can you can see it, but you can't take pictures. It's right. all about it's it's all about seeing that moment, being in that moment, just as you you would have been here in the fifties um, in Chicago, and they they set it up to return you exactly to that same place and it, it's it's masterful storytelling it's masterful direction it's masterful cinematography um it's masterfully creates a historical record of a moment in time even though you weren't there um it was uh really really powerful and and i don't mean to step on everybody else it's lost a little bit to me in this episode because they're so wrapped up in it that they lose sight of the young girl right in front of them, directly in front of them. They lose sight of her. And then they say, well, let's go find her. And they all get distracted. Yeah. Every Mm -hmm. single one of them gets distracted on the way to find her. Atticus is on his way to find her. Next thing you know, he's running through the graveyard. She didn't go to the graveyard. Why is he going to the graveyard? No, because he got to meet up with Christina. Ruby, uh, she was the one that's supposed to be watching her. She's the one that brought her there. But no, she's going to go back to the white man's house because she's, now mind you, she- Well, that was after everything because she stayed. 
That's she said, I'll stay here true. in case she comes back. Yeah, but <laughs> so, why so, didn't tell her off? <laughs> she's like the only one that went inside and then left. So That's she true. stayed there. Yeah, so she didn't. She's like the only one that was like inside the whole time. Everybody else kind of like had, you know, dealt with everything else all day and, and missed it. But she was there for it. That's true. She was there and they hit her. She had, she had a moment where she was just like, just dealing with what she saw yeah. and trying to, you know, just live with it. You know what I mean? Like another one. And, and how do I go on from here? And yeah. she definitely had that moment when she tried to convey that with constraint with uh, Christina. So she definitely, she was, uh, I think the only one out of everybody who actually got a chance to feel it that heavy outside of Diana. Cause I don't even think she needed to see it to feel that for her best friend. Right. right. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it it kind of is connected with the fact that, like, they chose um, the one speech to play over Diana on her bike. And Mm -hmm. that essentially embodies the the same situation that's happening in the story because she's on her own. Right. Just like every one of the women that she's that that speech is talking about is is those women who aren't noticed. Because, like, even when she runs into Letty and Letty's just like, go on, get back to where you're going, like not even seeing her and seeing the desperation and the fear in her because she's so overwhelmed with her own life and every one of these characters is the same they're so wrapped up in their own story that it's it's kind of you know i hate to say this but christina is kind of right in this in that yeah they were like upset but they also don't care as well like there's a part of them like they still have other things going on and so they're so wrapped up in their own life that like we can live these two existences where we can be hurt and pains and traumatized by this scenario, but also be completely ignorant to what's right in front of us. Cause we're so used to just like carpental carp. I can never say that. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, doing that. Me, me neither Gabe. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Every single <laughs> time. Lynn, there's a lot of words you can't say though. <laughs> I need a thesaurus. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that that. Something really happened s- to Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened to Eric Street. I don't know what happened. Let me pop him back in. Oh, there you go, Eric. I don't know what there happened. There you go. Yeah, had to reboot real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say, I think one of the 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 more amazing things uh, and impactful things of this episode, besides Emma, is uh, Diana and and her journey and all the things that she's going through, and the actress uh, Jada, who is just phenomenal in that. And there and there is like the fact that she can. Uh, like escape from them and that she, you know, is kind of even grappling with like the emotions of her best friend having died in this situation is still like wandering alone Mm -hmm. and is still like unaware of like the danger that's coming. And then to be confronted because again, it's one of those scenarios where we didn't tell the people we love about magic and the things that are going on because we thought we were protecting them, uh, which put her in harm's way. And, you know, leads her to get attacked to the point where she's saying, I can't breathe. Right. Uh, right. Like it just, there's just so much in this episode. And I really think her journey honestly was, I would say out of all of the changes from like the book to the show, I really like Diana's horror and her story way more than at Horace. And I liked Horace's and I thought his was really scary and I thought it was emotional. And it, in the book, Horace is being plagued by this like African doll that's like um, also a representation um, of, of black folks who are in the time, but it's like really gross and awful. But this was like, 
Like those dancers. Yeah, those like, dancers. <laughs> I have been, I was like scouring. I, I guess I should have just gone back through the episode and actually looked at the the um, Credit. credits at the end. Because I was on IMDb just like, I'm just trying to get these dancers' names so I can follow them on Instagram. They were phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, Is that the word you put for them? Yeah, they well, were horrifying. So, no, no, so, no, I mean, so... You know, this this is like a horror anthology and we are getting different types of horror with each episode. But Diana's story, even even Horace's story in the book, because it was all about um, the thing moving out of the corner of your eye, the thing that moves that shouldn't like that's what terrifies me, like to look up and something is moving in a way that it shouldn't like the idea of that. That's why um us scared me so much the idea of looking at yourself and then mm-hmm. and then you and then it's like wait, wait what is going on so they i i thought they were phenomenal because i was like this is the stuff that creeps me out and i also want to point out because we were talking about uh oatmeal last week that cream of <laughs> cream of wheat we don't fool with that either and i said oh when his eyes moved i said oh this we in for this one and just like again those dancers their movements so like chaotic but controlled and just like when they did the thing and were like and it was just i was just like ah like basically they did the snake but made it creepy it's like you know what i mean it was just like these dancers are great and they are little girls so it's like I need to know more about them i need to follow their careers as they go on to do well they're actually uh, grown women. Are they really? Uh, Kaylin Harris and Bianca Bruton, thank you, Marla Harris, are playing Topsy and Bopsy because uh, Topsy is based off of uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. And so, yeah, they're women. Oh, <laughs> but- wait, Kaylin Harris. Mm-hmm. I actually do follow her. I didn't recognize her. Wow. Okay. Well, oh, you I didn't think- recognize her? No. She doesn't always look <laughs> like that, you I- mean. I didn't recognize her. No, no. <laughs> um i when they come up on this on the subway platform one because like when she's going up in the subway platform i was like that reminds me of like it looks like the l too so like i was immediately just like yeah 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 fishtown it looks like the l i thought about that even further than that i thought about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and i was like we're gonna go up the thing and then when they come in there and like they're playing the song and she's just like she's like so terrified like by what they look like that she r- bumps into a white man and then asks him like are you seeing this right like after her best friend just died from a situation involving that like that you are so mesmerized and i was like this is terrifying and it's like they're getting closer and closer and horrific um but yeah we could definitely well, talk about go on Topsy i wanted to ask you because i was Topsy. having this discussion with a friend of mine about the about the show and what did you think about them playing cool summer during the um during the funeral because yeah because there was oh, some, there the, was the some discussion um about the song you know because the one thing that lovecraft does doesn't bother me as much but i think it does get it does drive some of the people mad where they play, you know, it's from the fifties and they're clearly playing music that hasn't been out yet. And so one of the things I think is interesting is like, you know, cruel summer. Some people argue that that's like a party jam, but to me it kind of fit because it felt, it felt like it Mm -hmm. was a cool, like this was a cool moment. And I think that the levity in it was the fact that the people on the North side and the rest of the world is kind of moving on with their lives and what's happening here on the south side is kind of like horror horrific so there was some discussion so i kind of wanted to see what you thought about that and secondly 
I totally agree with Ariel in the sense that I was thinking about how I don't know much. I mean, I know, well, one, I, you know, I did, interestingly enough, I've heard about Emmett Till my whole life, but then I did the math and I realized that Emmett Till would have been the same age about that my father is about now, give or take a year. And that was like, mm. you know, you know, the, the, the perspective, you know, so if my dad is a 14 or 15 year old man, I mean, from 14 or 15 year old boy or young man, <clears throat> and then he sees, you know, that was the age he would have been. And so I, I probably should go back and talk to him about this now. Um, but, you know, the, the con, I was reading a story where a, a man was talking about how people were really discussing the stench. Like the stench was an issue, which was, which was really interesting in, like, yeah, if you read the historical yeah. context and something I didn't think about. Like, yes, it was hot. Yes, it was Chicago. Yes, he was so mutilated and beaten um, and that the cinch would have been an issue if the casket was open in Chicago. So that was very interesting to me. The fact that this hasn't happened like that long ago. And then the thought of, but then to kind of make it contemporary with the song that we all know kind of growing up in the, okay, I was growing up in the eighties, but I'd rather say the nineties, but you know, cause I'm just, I just <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that real, era that we were in. So just kind of the thought, like kind of where, where, what do you guys, kind of think about then we can get to topsy and bobsy because those chicks like kind of kept me up um all night but that's that's a different um from uncle tom's cabin but i i mm -hmm. i feel you like the cruel summer thing again like with you it didn't bother mm -hmm. me and it doesn't bother me when they take songs of you know of today or or, or whatever and put it in there because um that's something that has mm -hmm. been it's not like they invented that you know what i mean it's been done uh, mm -hmm. since you know all over you know um so it doesn't bother me it's just you have to be careful about the music that you choose as long as you're smart about it then uh, i'm with it and i thought the cruel summer was um you know ironic to play on there uh and it did help illustrate you know the cruelty of the summer in that like you just said one half of the city is is feeling it and one the other half of the city is like oh, hum, and i think that was day. really key you know when I mean? we talked to Sina. you know her reaction to it was i think it's a whole right another like the whole thing with christina the whole thing with ruby there was a i was reading a review and you you might have caught this one because you catch all this stuff and i'm just like duh after i watch it five times i might catch it but there was one of these points where she was, they say that actually we see Ruby go from a black woman to a white woman. But I didn't see that part. I just saw her like freak out. I just saw the part where she yes. became the black woman again. And it was like, whoa, that was really inappropriate at this moment to do that. But, but I mean, again, oh, but oh. So it's just like this whole, like this, it was very well, I think the song was good because it really illustrated everybody's place in that town um and i thought that we all got a chance like i said mm -hmm. um which i think ariel said really well and gabe is that we didn't see we didn't we never we don't know emmett till but the to, the fact that they made him a character and made him diane's best friend right and there were parts of it when they talked about the um if you watch you know the other episodes before with the, with the ouija board where people i some of my other friends i have a lot of friends who are very easily offended so i had one group of friends who were offended like oh my god you can't make emmett till like an afterthought and it turned out that Emma Thill was is a is a main character like in the show and then there's the part like exactly. is he going to come back and mm -hmm. is he going to play space and 
you know, you see him a couple of times and then he disappears. And I think that that makes it even more haunting. Like this is a horror show and it's so haunting that he's there and that he's not. And you know that he's not coming mm-hmm. back, you know? And so I don't know. I just thought I was totally moved. Like I was, there was so much of the little episode I was moved by and actually scared of that I'm sure we're going to get to that it was, it was, it's, it's really good. It's like really, everything was so tightly done. It was, it might have been one of my, my favorite episodes of the, of the actual show. Yeah, I, I actually agree with mm-hmm. you, Elizabeth. I, I walked away yeah, and I was, I was like, shook. this is my number one. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed the series thus far, but everything Click. about this episode mm-hmm. was like spot on for me. Um, well, I guess to, to mm-hmm. stick with Topsy and Bopsy, I wanted to say that what I also realized after watching it a second time, um, we know that, uh, I know mm-hmm. that, uh, who is it? And Topsy it, is a character a in Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, and I guess Bopsy they made to just mm-hmm. kind of be a, a, a pair to that. Um, but in the very beginning, when when those little girls come out of the, uh, the book. out of the candy store, ice cream parlor. yeah, ice cream parlor with lollipops, those are the two girls that she kind of assaults, and she's like, "There's nothing to be laughing about," and she throws something at them, and they run. But oh. if you look at those little girls. One is like a really dark skin oh. girl. One's a, a fair skinned black girl. And it's like she tormented them and made them run away. And oh. that is what she's being pursued by. The representation of these two little girls. So I didn't get that until I watched it again. And I saw and I was like, wait, are those? Wait, I wonder if they're the, the, like, the same ah, actresses. That's probably? on purpose. They're not because that's why I thought because I, mm-hmm. I was thinking they were the same actresses because that's mm-hmm. I was actually looking for them like little girls because um, I do know that uh, uh, Kaylin Harris she is actually pretty short um, so I think you know if you film it right they can look uh, more you know minuscule like they they look mm-hmm. like children so I actually w- was expecting it to be those little girls and that's why I was like these little girls are fantastic dancers just like that like there's an awareness as a dancer that I feel like only comes with age, no matter how technically trained you are. And I was like, they are moving with maturity. And so it makes sense that it's, they weren't actually little girls, but yeah, it's, it's so it's not actually the girl, but they're very clearly they're, um, what's their Im- yeah. use? Mirror images. Not, yeah. Kind of representation that oh, flip when it's Mom like flip flop, they're, Oh. Invert, transpose. gangers. No. Foil. Mm-hmm. Foil. Thank you, Gabe. Foil. Yes. Well, I mean, in the so in the book, Horace saw the doll before he got cursed. Right. Like, the doll actually existed. He found it in the church, and then he was cursed by the police officer. And then he saw that. So I think it, it stands to reason, and that's a great catch, uh, Ariel, that she had seen that. Mm-hmm. And, had, and there was so emotion, so much emotion there. Like, how dare you? And and also, like, like the song, right? Like, it's a mm-hmm. song that's fun and poppy, but it's saying Cruel Summer. And that's what those girls were. Those girls were having fun. They were partying and, and laughing. And she said there's nothing to laugh about because um, she's feeling this. So to then immediately be confronted with all of this, like, one, where's my mom? Why are these people asking me my mom? Like, I am so, like, I'm just a child. I have no like hold on the situation these men are asking me all these questions like i can't breathe i'm being like attacked uh and so it's like it's completely overwhelming and it makes sense that she would then manifest 
these horrors to represent that and to also like compound on like the the video the or the book that she saw in the restroom when she's trying to like you know deal with all of that and hearing uh um i'm totally forgetting tick's dad's name Montrose. montrose hearing montrose who's trying who's trying his hardest i would say out of all the episodes this one i was like okay i'm giving him a little human breather yeah because he was he really was trying and and he tried the whole time and this is where i was like okay you're gonna put your life on the line for like your son and your grandson and and you're being open and you're in we're finally getting to see like who you are and why you were this way a little bit that felt like i would have liked that a few episodes ago but i get it um and also with the the song uh it's also there's a lot of other like 80s horror imagery in here so i think like having 80s music in that like kind of gave us that tone of like this is like not necessarily a slasher but it kind of has that same feel like we are relentlessly being followed by something that only we can see right um so it's definitely nightmare on elm street which is why we see those three little girls playing double dutch Mm, and they're saying like that's nightmare on elm street uh (laughs) and that's what she's like living uh and i I, as like you know horror lover saw that and was immediately like this is phenomenal um it's just like the way that they weave that in there um Um, i I, I don't want to leave diana real quick before you know we're talking about uh topsy and and bobsy and everything like that but i want to get to why they're there how they came to be tormenting her and that was because lannister the captain Mm -hmm. pulls her over lancaster uh, Lancaster, excuse me uh, lancaster um he has the um he you know they found her comic book at the, I guess, planetarium or wherever, and nailed it down. And they're looking for for his mother, for her mother. And they pull her over. Um, first of all, first of all, all right. It's not a nitpick with the show, but it's a nitpick with the little girl because it's a nitpick that everybody should know and I don't understand. If you are walking down a street, if you are just slowly walking down a street, you know, because you're, you're all in your feelings and everything, and the rest of the town is either at the church or it's the white folks are in their houses and they're having barbecue because they don't, they don't give a fuck and everything. So you've got the street all to yourself. I don't understand why you, even an absent-minded little girl, turned down an alley. But she turns down an alley, at which point, of course, then the cops pull up and now they've got her. Oh my God, she's down an alley because she can't co- have no place to go. Because why? Because she turned down an alley. But now they've got her in this alley. And in the yes, alley. Yes, Lynn, she's in the well, alley. You have to have a good she's heart. Somebody's got to be Somebody's in the alley. Somebody's got to be in the alley. Somebody's got to be in the alley. Somebody's got to be in the alley. So, you know, because, 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 that's exactly people, what happens. Because she winds up in the alley. alley. But you need, but you need it to move the story. <laughs> well, that's true. And, oh. if it's, and if somebody's gonna go down the alley, it's got to be a little girl. <laughs> so we just have to. That's true. My brother. That's true. That's true. The only people that go down alleys mm-hmm. are, are, are after my little girls and silly white and women. Batman's parents. But anyway, <laughs> the silly white women will go down the <laughs> but, alley. Mm-hmm. But that scene. That's true. Silly white women will. Um, but that scene when the cops do pull her over, only because that happened so early in the episode that I knew, okay, something mm-hmm. she's not going to die. That's the only thing yeah, that got me through scary. that scene because it was terrifying, especially when my uh-huh. man put spit on her forehead and everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And um, 
uh, Marla Harris, uh, who is basically playing like the six host in the chat in the YouTube <laughs> chat. So thank you, Marla. Um, says that uh, yo, the fact that the magic performed on Diana by Captain Lan- Lancaster induced mental illness. Anyway, the fact that he said she's dead anyway, mm-hmm. and that is unheard of that one recovers from trauma. The, the that other part, which was interesting away. about that too, is that you know when she's going down that alley and she's saying they're doing that that monologue about black women disappear and nobody sees them anymore and she's so this and she's so that and it was mm-hmm. the question of you know and and the hurt that black women you know I was reading a reading a review and it was like the hurt that black women deal with and don't talk about. And, you know, and what he did, he, the curse was mm-hmm. really fascinating because he, he cursed her with silence, right? And he, so he cursed her with silence yes. and then it made him kind of, it made him the one that's all powerful. And then, like Marla said, it was like, well, you know, you got, that was a foreshadowing. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you knew she was, you knew there was a setup for her to go mad. Like, he wanted her <clears throat> to go. And how many mm-hmm. black women do you know? Like the only thing he the only thing he didn't do was sexually ab- molest her. Like if he you know because that's what would have happened. Like he would have sexually molested her. She wouldn't have been able to talk about it, and then she would have been mad. And how many people? How many do right. people do we know that have been through that? Especially of that era and that time, right? That time, and it's not just black white yeah, cops right. who do that. You know, anybody in the alley was men. And it was also interesting, kind of the same thing that Montrose talked about. He was like, I can either be who I am or go mad, you know, accept the truth or go mad. So there was a mm-hmm. lot of, 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 <coughs> of, 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 um, foreshadowing about people, even, even, um, what's even Tick, you know, when, and when, and we, I'm sure we're going to get to this, but when, when, um, the Korean woman came back, um, Jiha, and when she came back Jiha. and it was this whole, Jiha. she's crazy, right? She was like this woman with this nine tail. So there was a lot of women in hysteria and being quiet about your issue. And if you have, and if you don't say anything, you go mad. But if you talk to people, they don't hear you and don't listen. And I think that was kind of, and that's horrifying, mm-hmm. right? That makes people go crazy. And that's another part right. of yeah. the horror for this, which was so scary about it. Like she's seeing these people and she's like, look, do you see that person? And they're like, and we don't see nothing. You're crazy. And it was like, and when he said, when the police officer said to her, oh, I'm not worried about her. She's going to go crazy. You know, she's dead anyway. You know, he's basically saying she's going to go mad. And that happens to black women. Like, that's a modern day horror. You know, that's what happens with Breonna Taylor. You know, yeah. we didn't, you know, it's just, and that to me was like, that's why the writing of the show was so mystifying because, you know, the way that they tied things together from back then and how we're dealing with it today was you know completely that's why I was I was shook I was shook the whole time well I think yeah and oh I was just gonna say madness plays a really Mm -hmm. big part in Lovecraft tales like like Lovecraft stories like that's a big important part of yeah like you 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 are Mm -hmm. driven mad Mm -hmm. by the truth by reality and that's like and that's what I think is interesting because it's not really the magic that's driving them crazy it is literally just real life everyday things and one of the things that I one of the parallels I found that besides like you know just uh uh Nightmare on Elm Street as as a horror lover was one of my all-time favorite horror movies is It Follows Mm -hmm. which is where you are plagued by a monster that only you can see and no matter what you tell other people Mm. like they will never be able to see it they will never be able to help you and it's literally Mm -hmm. just an analogy for trauma 
Like, unless someone, and because the whole thing is, like, you have to pass it along, and then now they can see it. And so it's, like, unless you have lived this, unless you know my story, and you've done the things I've done, and you have the same trauma, you can't see the horrors. You can't see the terror that's coming at me and help me. You can't protect me unless you're in it with me. So the whole time she was running, that's exactly what I saw. I was, like, there it is, uh, you know, the It Falls monster, and it's all trauma, and I was like, this is what I love about horror is when you, you, you take it and you put a parallel to what we're feeling in real life. And it's not just, you know, boogeymen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the real men that are scary. Uh, uh, Marla Harris says uh, the living horror of it all. I think this is a res- response to what you were saying, Elizabeth. We live horror on mm-hmm. the daily. And the fact that we have any, any sanity mm-hmm. is in fact magic. Oh, to believe that you can get through it. And that's the interesting yeah. thing about Christina, right? Because. That chick is like, to me, it's, she's so interesting in this because she knows, she knows what everybody's pain body. Like, you know, she knows what everybody needs or every, or to, to, to hit everybody's things. Like, she knows that Ruby wants to feel loved and she wants someone to make love to her. She wants to feel important and she doesn't love her blackness. You know, she knows that, um, Leticia just wants to be protected. She knows that Tick is just trying to like, you know, be a protector and, you know, and she tick, she taps into everybody's thing. And is she, is she the proverbial white woman that can pull everybody's strings? Is she like Miss Anne at her best? Like what, you know, she's even, and it just really makes me, mm. I mean, you know, well, I know, I know we have like so much more to talk about with that, but that her whole role in this, it, a lot of things became, it's like that white woman who tries to be empathetic, which is why she got her, you know, she paid somebody to be, get her ass beat. But at the same time, she's still completely unaware of what's going on. Um, but she still wants to be the white man, right. but at the same time, control everybody else. Like she'd sleep with sick if she could. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought about that and how that like kind of played, how that kind of set. She like, she's playing everybody. Right. Yeah, she is. Go ahead, Mac. I, I mean, honestly, Christina has had mm-hmm. this master plan from the door. So everybody's playing catch up. Like nobody, everybody's like basically her phone. I'm still trying to figure out what was the, it looked like a stone of protection that she had Ruby put into the captain's desk when she Party. had Ruby infiltrate the night they had a lodge meeting. Because clearly she doesn't want to protect the chief. So what in his office was she trying to protect? Like, I, I can't even get on Christina's level. Like, she's definitely playing chess with this shit. You know what I mean? Um, I was able to sniff out that she was mm-hmm. uh, William. I saw that coming, you know, thanks to my triple. But, like, beyond that, like, yo, I can't even fuck with Christina. I can't. Like, I know Tick can't. Tick is, isn't is mm-hmm. better than, like, Letty at any of this. So Tick I can't know fuck he's with behind most where things. I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Tick is also playing catch-up. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think he should have, I mean, there is no risk giving her the key, right? I know you said like the machine is broken. Doesn't mean she can't fix it or restore it to a point where it's, you know, in working order again. I still think, um, I have light is coming back. So I think if they have another scene at the, you know, the telescope that that maybe when that happens. It seemed like when he was telling his story through the portal. Because we didn't see that, like though, right? Just so I'm not crazy. We back. didn't see that. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, we no. talking about it this week. Yeah, we, 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 we said about it. 
sucked we in. just we saw him get sucked up and then we saw him get book. spit out and Pop we out. see that he has the book right. that's written by George Freeman but at the time but you're now, assuming that it's son. Uncle George not Find son, out his son George right, right. Mm-hmm. and then to realize how much time she spent there if she did decide to come back maybe it is just going to be a month or a week or so later so they really mm-hmm. don't want to say like she's not coming back because it is possible so I think she is just not quite yet because we don't know how time they move back versus where she's been. Well, I think so. The, like, I was going to say the thing. I think the thing we have to remember is Tick doesn't tell anybody, but Montrose mm-hmm. that he actually went through the portal. So I think for Tick, he keeps saying she's coming back because he came back, and and so when Letty's like, "How do you know that?" Good you know, point. it's like, but he doesn't want to tell her that he was in the portal. He doesn't want to tell her. I, I got this book that's actually by our son. You, which is why also why he knows that he's pregnant. Because if you um, catch it in the very beginning at the funeral, when Montrose comes up with the water, he's like, do you want mine? And she's looking at him like, get out of my face, dude. Like, what? Yeah. And, but, he is doting But over. he's doting, like, yeah. because he knows that she's pregnant. And he knows that, you know, maybe had a conversation with the son, so knows that he is pregnant. She is pregnant now. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, yeah, so I just, I feel like, you know, so, uh, so a ticket, again, in this habit of always trying to protect, he's not giving everybody all of the information. Um, so we, he only tells, you know, Montrose. Um, in a scene I actually really mm-hmm. enjoyed. I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed their conversation. I, I did find it funny that the first question he asked Montrose is, did you cheat on my mama? When we just left him being kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoa, 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 she just whoa, whoa. came all the way across the world for your punk ass. And you just like, nah, fuck out of here. I got a baby mom now, so never mind. Like, you got to pick sides, but damn. But even whoa, if he whoa. doesn't get it, because let, cause he, he's like, well, then what are you here for? If you don't have any new information, why are you here? And, and Letty's like, because she loves you. It's like, she love your punk ass. Right. And it's just like, but, and so again, in, in the face of like, you have these two women who are putting themselves in the way of danger for you and you are kind of being shitty to both of them. And then the first thing what? you ask your father is, did you cheat on my mama? It's just like, whoa, well, whoa, whoa. What? I can't let this, I, I can't, I can't let this lay. I can't let what? this lay. What? All what? right. Because, because the last time he saw Jiha, he Gia. was, Jia, excuse Sorry. me. He was gripping up all of his clothes racing away from her because he had not one, not two, not three, nine tails sucked into his head. So he he might have had some love for her, but after you have nine tails sucked into your head, I, I think it sucked the love out. So the last time he saw her was on some like sucking my head in and the last time he had thoughts about her they was kicking each other's ass in a dream up uh, up and down in a room so to, to say that he was shitty to her no he was quite surprised when he walks in there seeing a cat of nine tails coming in there oh blowing my up my spot She's blowing up my spot. Wait, 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 so yeah, hold up, hold I'm gonna up, be like, up. okay, I'm gonna give you give you a moment. No, no, no. Let a man go. Oh, hold up. I'm gonna oh, give Lord. you a moment <laughs> to let to to give you tell me your truth. Why are you here? Well, I saw that you was gonna die, and 
oh, there ain't no and? I knew that when I rolled out. So you ain't bring bring me nothing new. So you just brought your nine tails to, to uh, America to blow up no, my spot. So yes, no, that is get not, the fuck no, out no, so no, I can go no, upstairs no, and straighten stuff out with my lady. Only because you gotta pump your brakes right now only because you are right on that particular issue. But <laughs> the fact that she, we don't know we don't we don't know what her like what what the rest of the story is like he didn't give her a chance to and i understand nine tails are crazy so you see nine tails you're like oh my god i'm about to die like i understand the fear that goes into that but she now comes across the country and Mm -hmm. the other part is is that he's not he's so just like a black man he's so busy trying to defend himself when he didn't really have to defend himself, Letty wasn't mad that he had a relationship before her. Letty was mad that he lied by omission. And that's the problem. He didn't, if he had just been like, and we don't know, the thing is, and that was the weird part about that writing, because one minute you chilling, and the next minute she just shows up at the crib with straight hair. You're like, girl, first of all, your hair grew down your back. That's an awesome weave. And second of all, how did you, how did you get here? And I think that if, you know, that if there had been some dis- where he was like, yo, I was in Korea, I met this chick. You know, Letty knows magic. All she had to hear was, we used to date, she showed up with nine tails, I grabbed all, I gripped all my clothes and I left town. She was upset. But that's the whole thing. It's exactly. like Atticus so never gives all Letty, of the information because he's so that's what trying Letty to protect was upset everybody. About. And then but, and, and, he was, so then he bugs out and is like, get the, he, he didn't have to go all left on her for that, which is I'm going to totally agree with you with Ariel. He didn't have to go left. He just had to explain what the situation was. Then we still understand why he was doing. But I think Donovan Gregory. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Donovan Gregory says he was shitty if he didn't love her. Why after five years was he trying to slide in her DMs in episode one? Um, uh, I, 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 I don't agree with that. And uh, Marla Harris says it, Len is true, but he called her he once called he got back to Chicago. Time. Let's not forget that. Um, all right, but he didn't call her for a booty call. Like, hey, I miss you. He was like, yo, how you know I was going to die? No, but Thank he, you. Was, he was talking. He was asking that, a pregnant the question. Death thing, he called her a couple of times, and we don't know why he was calling her. Yeah, he I called, think they, in the very they spoke first episode. Mm-hmm. Very first, the yeah, the first, first time he called, he didn't say he anything. Called, and then yeah. I, he called. Like, this was a... Well, he called... We knew that she existed before we saw that episode. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that Atticus... My whole beef mm-hmm. with Atticus even with his little glasses and his little cute tight shirt, is that he, my beef with him is that he leaves stuff out. And so that's why Letty's tripping because she feels like she's left out of the thing. And in, instead of handling his situation, he just gets all mad and starts yelling at him like, get the fuck out. That was all unnecessary. He just had to, if he was truthful, then he wouldn't have had to be go left. He, they could have had a nice conversation about the monsters. But he's exactly. not truthful, and I think. But I think what Letty, what Letty said is so important, mm-hmm. and, and like nail on head when he, everything he's doing is oh, oh to protect you, oh to protect you, and she's like oh to protect us. Everybody has died, mm-hmm. but you since you came back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know again, stop acting like you're the only person that this is happening to. This is happening to all of us. And that's the man. Give us all the fucking right information. So if your ex girlfriend got nine tails, sucked up some energy, and told you you're going to die. That's like tell me that. information. Like tell me, <laughs> like the like the the path. They don't that like we're talking on. about the war. But it, but still, it's just like no 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 no. No. And and did Letty ask? Did Letty ask if he had an ex with nine tails? 
Did she ask that question? Because I don't think but, she did. But now that we're in this, and here's the thing. If he came home and nothing magical ever happened again, yeah, keep that non-tail shit to yourself because people are going to think you're crazy. You're going to end up in the institution. But since you've been back, you've been doing nothing but magic. You're learning magic. You're learning how to spell and using blood. So the non-tails now become significant. Like, oh, and... <laughs> I actually hit up on some magic in, I mean, in Japan, in Korea. I actually hit up on some magic in Korea. Uh, f- Nine-tailed fox spirit said I might die. So let's just jot that down in the notebook. You know, notes for later. later. Notes for I later. Jo- it's like- George, Com- <laughs> George, Komoda, George Komoda says she put that nine-tailed wop on I wonder how it's all going to tie together, um, though, because to me it's not clear, and I'm sure y'all, you might have some more instance, but like how what's going on here in America is, ties back to what happened to him in Korea. And I know there's something, I don't know if Misha Green has worked all this out, we're going to be like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Because right now it's magic, but it seems like it's magic that's not connected to each other. And um, But but then there's also the question of is there a layer of people being able to see in the future and I wonder if Diane, because of her drawings, does she project what she sees? Remember, because she drew her mom in that like spacey outfit and I wonder if there's mm-hmm. a projection mm-hmm. of seeing things in the future that we haven't, that that's connected to all this that we haven't, I'm just throwing it out there that we haven't figured out or seen yet. You know what I mean? Like there. Well, I, I, well, I did think it was significant that while she's waiting for Topsy and Bopsy to come, like when she basically was about to fight club them, like she's like all doors locked except one, one way in, one way out. And, 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 and I also, Cage match. And I, and I actually thought that was a good um, kind of uh, uh, strategy. Well, no, a good um, ta- uh, taking us back to like that imagery of Jackie Robinson because she's got the baseball oh, okay. cap on okay. and like she's like you know slugging at these, these little girls that are um, kind of coming at her. Uh, well, that was supposed to oh be God, an image of Jackie Robinson. Just help you get your famous up because I think she purposely picked her father Chicago hat. Um, and then she used the slugging thing to right. beat them. So there was a base, there was a Negro League baseball thing that I did not pick. I had to read that in a recap that was there. Well, and, and that was a lot. Well, too. and, and, and if you remember, if you remember in the very first episode, remember when that big monster comes up, it's Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson that takes it down. So again, so kind of bringing us back to that moment. And, but now we're, we're with Diane as she's doing. And that's the fascinating part of the show is that they connect well, everything there's... that was going on then to things that we know about now to how we deal with racism now, which is like, everything is so connected. And if I was ever to write anything like this, I would totally want to get that, you know, Every detail is there. There's no detail that's there that doesn't come back at some point to connect everything. Sorry, Gabe. I didn't mean to tell you off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, it's good. I was just going to say kind of on your, your remark about the, the, the nine tails and that I think that what's interesting is that we have seen magic in other cultures. So seeing it in Korea, but also seeing it in the, in the indigenous people. Um, and, and so like, I think that's exciting because a lot of the times we tie, especially in America, tie up magic kind of to this like American point of view. And sometimes it's like tied up into whiteness or Christianity uh, or like the devil, right? Instead of like the fact that other places exist and other religions, other cultures, other magic would exist. So I think that's like exciting that, you know, 
I think it's it's kind of coincidence that he found magic over there. But I think one of the important parts, and this is going to be my uh, like uh, guess, uh, one of the reasons why he had that scenario with Gia and survived is because I think he already has his own mark of Cain and that's the birthmark so like he has that birthmark his ancestor had that birthmark his aunt or whatever and he had like he survived that like she killed 99 men but he survived it and she said that never happened to me before and that was before he ever encountered any of these white people at magic and so it's like he probably has like his own mark of Cain and I think the the spell that they did with the Shagath showing up uh, is that uh, I think someone in the chat said it too was that it was uh, Mantra saying I want to protect my son and my grandson which is why Letty and, was and also maybe, protected and on maybe the outside. And knew that the yeah, whole time. The, 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 uh, real quick the, 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 the question about the Shagath is was the Shagath that protected Tick and attacked the cops uh, Montrose uh, remember, Christine said, in order to do the protection spell, you need a body, intent, and energy. Montro said his intent is to protect his son and grandson by putting oh. his body and energy into doing the spell. Was he unintentionally giving his body for the spell he did with Tick? That's a good theory. I like that I, theory. Well, I, yeah, I like it too. If he well, did, he ain't gonna know till he wake up in the, the morning. But that the Shagath was Tick Shagath. And remember, we saw Christina controlling the Shagath, right? We saw her, you know, giving birth to one out of a cow, which still has me kind of mind blown because I'm like, what the hell is that? Um, we see her talking to them. We see her having. Yeah, and they and were that, lighter. They were lighter. They were, if I remember, they weren't. So that could easily be, that is a inky <laughs> shot. So I think that for real, it could, that Obviously. that Montrose could be a very interesting concept. And maybe, but, 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 that doesn't, but really don't cool. they, aren't they, bo- the only thing that throws me off is aren't they born as babies and grow up? Well, if he's, if it's like a spell, I think. It would just kind of at, transform him. Right. And he came at the right I mean, time. Like transform we into white people. Well, we have to remember. Don't like white people showing up and killing him and his people. So it would totally make sense. Right. Mm. Well, and the thing is, but you have to remember, if we're talking in initial Shagath, then that's a spell. But remember, we've seen cops that's that were true, and turn into killed, t- turn. And then we've also, and we've mm-hmm. also seen them be born. So, but this is mm-hmm. maybe Tick creating his first. And I thought that he would come like, this is Tick Shagath. And I love that idea that you said, talked about the reason. Because that's one thing that Christina would do, right? Christina would say, I'm not giving this to you. You know, giving it to Tick without telling them that Tick is already protected because she wants to keep them in their power. So she says, I'm giving it to you, but she knows she doesn't have to give it to Tick because the whole, and that's the interesting thing too about this is that, and I wonder if this, if this, if the slow message behind this is, do black people know that we have so much power and so much magic and that we're all, you know, like we have all this power and all this magic and we don't really know that we really have it. And we're waiting for white people. Why am I whispering to white people around here? I'm so used to We're waiting for white people to tell us that we have this power and this magic. And Christina embodies all of that. Like, she embodies, she's the puppeteer in all of it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, she needs to sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I think she said, no, I'm not going to give it to you because she needs to sacrifice him. And she can't do that if he's got the 
mark of Cain because I think if that is his mark of Cain, mm, I don't too. know if she does know about it. And it might be the, one of the things that comes back in the end when she's like trying to sacrifice him. And then it's like, psych. Or right. she knows that <laughs> he has me. Or she knows that he has it. But yeah, if you have a mark it. of Cain, there's if you have a fear, it doesn't work. Like you have to know you have it. Like you, a lot of these, you know, these things operate on this idea that if you have this fear, then it makes it null and void but you have to be aware of it and call the strength of the power and then it kind of works both ideas can you know what i mean can kind of work sorry mr thursday no i was just going to yeah just because i the first time they were trying to do the uh the open the doorway to eat or whatever and everybody in the room disintegrated Mm -hmm. but he survived somehow Mm -hmm. and made it out right you know what i mean so like, so like, why did he survive and nobody else did? You were just standing there, and if they are the ones saying the words, why didn't you know you die and they live or something like that? So, right. I, there are so many questions. Yeah, well, please. So we're about Ruby. Yeah, I, oh, go ahead, I was gonna say I do. I do want to. I was like, I want us to get have time to talk about Ruby and William, Ooh. which is by far my favorite relationship in this series because it's it's so many levels and nuances to it. But I wanted to come back to what you said, um, Gabe, just real quick about um, It Follows and Dee's curse, like they are following her. But also uh, when Montrose is trying to kind of talk Christina down when she's in the bathroom, he said, you know, white folks, they just keep coming. You know what I mean? So even this idea Mm -hmm. of like it follows, it follows it's like it, we we have this um, supernatural form of it in the form of Christina. I mean, I'm sorry, D being followed by these these you know uh, machinations or whatever. Not well, you know, whatever. Um, these these uh, mental projections or however it works. But it's like, but then we also have this very real like it follows, it follows. Like no matter what you do, they're there, they're there. You know what I mean? And I just thought I was like, man, and that's what made me think like, oh, it's like. I felt the It Follows theme then, and then we meet uh, Dee's uh, Tormentors, the episode, which and they mm-hmm. happen to be following her. So I just thought that was, like, an interesting way to tie it in. But, um, yes, William and Ruby. So I, I love, first of all, I love that she still has the key, right? So all the stuff that has happened, all the craziness up and down, twists and turns, we can't trust Christina, Ruby still has free reign of the house. They doors have not been uh, locks have not been changed. She can come and go as she pleases. And I think it's interesting, you know, um, when she's trying to get in and we see the, you know, the white guy come, what are you doing here? Da, 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 da. And when William comes up and he's like, oh, is there a problem here? But what I love about that scene is he doesn't even acknowledge the man. He looks right past him when he asks, is there a problem here? He's talking to Ruby, you know, and mm-hmm. and the but the guy answers like, oh, you're talking to me. And he's like, you know, with everything that's going on on the other side of town, I just want to make sure um, that stuff's not coming to our neighborhood. And the funny thing about it is it's like that is not his neighborhood. Like when they have they have like a wider sh- uh, shot of that street yeah, yeah. and you and you he see working. like this well to do white woman like walking, looking very pristine. We see William. We know that they're richer than the devil. Like, you know what I mean? So so they're not on they're not in regular 
uh, just working class family neighborhood. And this guy, it's like he's in very work clothes, very different clothing than William. He even holds himself differently. He does not have like, you know, this distinguished posture about him. He's got a work truck full of trees. He's there cleaning somebody's yard. Yeah, right? landscaper. But so, so, and I thought that it was so interesting because I was like, oh, he's like the Kyle Rittenhouse of this. It's like nothing about <laughs> this is yours. You don't even belong here. But you think that your whiteness entitles you to speak to her. She got the key. Like you don't got no, you mm-hmm. don't got no keys on the street. She got the keys. So she's actually where she is. Like this is. Well, it's like Christina when she said, uh, we don't associate with the KKK. Well, to me, though, when that that line happened, I shuddered inside. Like, because I'm watching it. And I even think I rewound rewound it because he said to her, like, you know, who are you? And then her response was, it was salty. It was like, I'm minding my business. Or I forgot what, I forgot exactly the words. Yeah, that's what, what she said. said. No, no, I'm not the damn man. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing he asked her. I ain't the damn man. And to me, I was like, oh my. Like, it's like I felt, I felt the bull. <laughs> right, I felt like, the bull going in my into that throat. Like, oh, this mofo did not just go here. And I feel like that is still happening today. Like, all the time. And the fact that he... You know, even as, as recent as the debate, when Trump is like, well, you know, every time, you know, I'm, I'm the president for black people because I care about criminal justice. Like, yo, that's not everything that we are. And I felt when I heard that, that's when I, I wanted to fight him. So I, and, and, and because Ruby is so <laughs> sensitive about, Ruby's about her business, right? She is, she is, she is about the politics of respectability. She's like, you are not going to come at me like I'm some old five dollar hoe. So you know that after she, what she dealt with and what she's going through, that that really hit her. And so, and then the dude was like, this is what you're going to say to me, girl? And the, the timing was just like, you know, that's the, the thing about what makes this a horror movie. Because you're like, oh my God, we're about to lose it. Or she's going to turn into a white woman like that. Like, what's going to happen at this very moment where, you know, and then the irony that a white man came to her to save her. At that very moment, to me, was it was also because it was also telling, and it was a moment of almost like the sundown towns when you didn't know what was going to happen. And I think that that was um that was like really scary. And then going into like you know she still wanted like love and affection, right? And and I'm sure Ariel can take it over from here because she still wants love and affection, and she becomes the white like why did she in that moment decide that she had to become the white woman did she want to escape her life completely is that what they're telling us well i think it was Mm -hmm. i mean she says it i mean she says because i didn't i didn't Mm -hmm. today of all days today of all days Mm -hmm. i don't want to be a black woman fucking a white man you know what i mean and and Mm -hmm. i thought that was just so powerful you know what i mean to speaking to like the how that must feel especially at this time to be in an interracial relationship right and william can be separate from this pain um that she is feeling you know what i mean and she's like i i don't know so this when she 
makes the change because she doesn't like again she just can't bear the thought because when he gives her a bath and they start kissing and then she like pulls back and almost looks at him like you are the fucking man. You know what I mean? She has that moment. And then the next scene, we see her oh. take the potion. And so because the only way that she can stand to even touch him is she also needs to be in white skin. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that as she's climaxing, she is, again, the butterfly bursting out of this, this skin that can't contain her. And I and like I'm their relationship is so confusing to me because I do not trust I do not trust Christina but these moments between William and Ruby seem so genuine I'm like what is actually happening because another thing the yeah, other thing the other thing you notice is like he never kisses her in Dell's skin it's like he kisses her at the bath where she pulls away she changes they have sex you don't see him kiss her again like you know mouth to mouth until it is Ruby again and she's like kind of, mm -hmm. you know, broken, broken out of, um, you know, that that cage almost. Um, and I thought, yeah, I like again, I just I don't know how to read it because it's like I don't fully trust you. But these moments seem so genuine on both of their parts. Like, I feel like Christine slash William is being fulfilled in this relationship. Is there, too. Is there a suggestion? You know what I mean? Like, that, like Aaron, Aaron Fry just uh, notices. That Aaron was Fry a point just, I was uh, going to say. Does anyone notice uh, that when Ruby changes to a white woman, mm -hmm. it looks easy, but when she changes back to a black I was, that's, woman, that's what it I was going to bring painful. that up. I was like, is but I think something? all the transportations are that because Christina's painful too. I think when they transform back to mm -hmm. themselves, it's painful. That's true. When yeah, when William turns into Christina, it's also gruesome and gross. I think it's just taking the potion is one thing. And then your but skin I, I, is ripped apart. I think so too, but I think it's yeah, also so interesting with Ruby because we talked, I think we talked about this a little bit um, in, before, is that she is such a, the other woman is kind of slight and Ruby is so solid. So when she comes out, she like, there is, it's one thing when you see Christina change back, she came back to William. She's still thin. She's not busting out all over everything. You're not seeing this contrast of this dark skin and this light skin because they're both kind of pale. But the pain, like she's really going back to who she is. And I wonder if that was done purposely or, you know, what what's that about? Marie and Ma Marie and Marie on YouTube says that mm -hmm. I think honestly, uh, speaking about Ruby, she likes being I white but it. hates that she likes it. It's like uh, mm -hmm. giving into her dark side. Um, and Marla Harris says, I felt that was a play on the rhetoric of how interracial couples are always asked how they reconcile going home to the enemy, uh, Ruby and William. I don't think it yeah. was painful and it definitely didn't look painful tonight. But it, I think it's more of like a like strenuous or arduous coming out of the cocoon or right. like breaking mm -hmm. through that shell. So it, it might be a bit of a workout. So you might be tired afterwards and therefore you lay there gasping and catching your breath. But I don't think it's painful because um, it, it doesn't seem to be like a quote unquote cost for doing the magic. Right. You just have all the ingredients and then it works. Um, so it doesn't look like there's like death that must pay for life kind of a trade off in these uh, cells. One thing um, I wanted to talk about before we end is just because I... It was so I really, really love this episode and I do think it's it's definitely my favorite, but there's one part that I really was like 
No. Um, and just really didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like it. Uh, and as it was happening, I was like, why? Like, what does this do? What is this for? Who is this for? Why? What is this doing? And that was, uh, Christina essentially reenacting the death of Emmett Till. And because for me, when, so when the, when the show started, the episode started, something that I felt thankful for was that we didn't see the body, right? Because, Especially now, like in, in present day, when we are surrounded by photos and videos and, and all of this of, of these bodies, like we don't need to see those photos and videos to know the truth and what's going on and to know that we're not getting any justice anyway. And so I was like grateful that we didn't have that. Like most of us have already seen that. We know the emotions without having to see that. And there's even a part where um, Letty even mentions like she didn't take any photos that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like this was a yeah. day without photos and for Letty to do that. Right. And I was like, I felt like it was a strong choice to just show his photo like before you went in and not to like glor- like glorify this violence or like use that grotesque imagery. And then to see it on Christina, it was like it was maddening. I was just it, it felt gross to me, like watching it. And I just felt like she had no right to that. She wasn't going to understand that. Like, she's never going to feel the same fear and pain and and never get to the empathy that is what happened to Emmett. Like, she's never going to understand Ruby on that level. And even if it was her way of trying to understand Ruby, right, uh, there's different ways you could do that. And one is, like, don't be a bitch when people are mourning. Uh, (laughs) Tell them you don't give a fuck. You like being white. Like, what? Excuse you. Um, Like, (laughs) you First off, no, uh, you do not know how this is. And it, it just was like such a weird move. And I just did not feel satisfied as it was. How I felt upset. There was like a tweet um, where people were asking Misha Green a, a few questions. And one of them was like how it was even possible because Christina has the mark of Cain. And so she, Misha said that she had removed it so that she can feel it and then cast it back again when she was underwater and everyone was like how'd she say a spell underwater uh so there's another because she's a witch <laughs> oh, uh but i was just like i i just and I, you know i'm open to hearing what you guys want to say but this is like another one of those like a such a strong episode and then you you missed me you like you you took me away again by using something that, like, well, I just feel like didn't. My I don't see was, the purpose of that, and I don't feel like it's valid. You knew that she hi- like I didn't know that she hired someone to do that until I read it in a review, and I was like, oh, because I thought well, well, she well she said no, she says it. Okay, she says you got you got him on the got slow bus. So I was like, and maybe then, I thought that that was the case. Okay, and they said yeah, it and too. They, at the they end, said, they said, who said who 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 I like that. And and they said and they said have you done this before like so there there were clues that was clearly like the uh, that she hired them to do this thing um, I do think I didn't it didn't dawn on me I didn't realize when she said the spell what she was do- doing was removing it though that makes sense but I know she tells Letitia that she found that the spell can also mm-hmm. heal and so I think mm-hmm. again so she knew she could let herself you know, go through that trauma and then it would, the spell would not just um, make her invulnerable from that point, but would heal her. Um, Actually, Gabe, so you bringing this up, that was actually a question that I had for everyone else, because I like you, I, I got what I think Christina was trying to do because, you know, Ruby has um, the, uh, uh, 
monologue where she says, you know, I want you to to feel ashamed. I want you to feel scared. I want you basically to feel everything that we feel. I want you to be exposed like we are. I don't want you to be able to have that privilege to hide behind. Right. Um, And so she's. I think in an attempt to understand that pain, because when she gets out, she just starts bawling, right? She's like in tears. And I don't know if it's because Christina does not know how to feel. I mean, I I do think she's like emotionally stifled, I think. Um, And again, she has this hardness that she plays when she's Christina, when she's with Ruby, as if she doesn't care. And then, but when she's William, it allows her to be softer towards her because, again, I do think that they're in this weird, twisted way, they care about each other. Um, and so, in Christina's like magician way, it's like, well, okay, this is how I'm going to solve it. But I don't, you know, you don't know how you feel about it because you realize what's happening. Because at first I was like, oh, what's going on here? You know what I mean? And then when you, and then you're like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? And, and I and I, I will say I appreciated that uh, decision that they made not to show any physical um, in images of Emmett, you know, after his murder. Um, and but then we do again see it played out. So I don't know how to f- I don't know how to feel about it. I feel I do. I think we both. I think we we both kind of hit on what I think they were trying to do. What the point was, but it's like it. But was it successful? Was it necessary? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, not Aaron Fry, excuse me. Donovan uh, Gregory said, I think on the surface level, Christina was trying to understand for the sake of Ruby, but I don't think she she could, I think he meant to say, because she can always cast the mark to save herself. Marie Anne Marie says, honestly, I think the viewers should see how awful they murdered him. It was hard to watch and non-POC viewers can possibly see themselves being beat so they can understand a little of black pain. And I'm glad Marie uh, says that because that's exactly what I was going to say. That was how I felt about it. I knew immediately when they, when you saw them on the pier that I was like, oh, she, she's going to try to exercise what Ruby said to her. I want you to feel that my pain. I want you to feel, you know, this loss. And she feels that by going through the trauma herself will allow her to, you know, feel it and thus, you know, put her at least closer to into a space with Ruby. It's another way of giving an indication to how complicated that her relationship is with Ruby because she is putting herself pretty needlessly through this because of the impetus that Ruby placed in her. Um, I don't think that she can get there. I don't think she knows that she can get there. Um, But I recognize what she's doing and I recognize that the show is using her to take the place of Emmett Till. We can't, we can't, nor, nor do we want to show you what happened to Emmett Till. But there is a section of this audience for whom Emmett Till is either um, a folklore that you maybe have heard of, the, a, a person you've heard bantied about on the show, 
or someone you or something you've heard and you've only just read in histor in history books that were written by black people because they're not it's not being taught in the schools that where most white people No, go are. one further than that. There are people that just learned his name tonight. I, I would go as far oh well not tonight, but you know, last night or whatever. People are just learning the story of Emmett Till today in twenty twenty. So like but, that's a real problem okay. in itself. Exactly. So for those people, she she is going to, you know, you've heard the story. Now see exactly what this is. And 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 to have that dramatized on just on anybody, but to have that dramatized on a white woman who and I think while they they show the the beating of her, but they don't linger on it. They don't linger on her face. Close it was over up. very quick. Yeah. She didn't, but she wasn't Emmett Till beat. Exactly. Like that that no, was not, either. it was not, exactly. she did not look like him. Right. No. And I think that's why it felt like it was performative. And like, when I was, I was just like, I just, like, again, that question of who is it for? But when it was happening, I was like, this isn't even it. Right. But like, I, this is still just surface well, level of what it is. And it's not good They're also trying enough. to prove to you that even if she gets beat like that, as a white woman, she'll never experience what black people feel like. Ever. Like, even if you put her Never, through the same yeah. ringer, even if you put her through what we've dealt with, there's something about her, in this case it's magic, that she will never feel the kind of pain that an Emma Till or a Breonna Taylor or anyone who has been unwittingly and unfair, unfairly beaten by white people for being nothing but being black will ever feel. And I think that's, the, and I think that might have been what Misha Green was trying to say for all these white women who, many of whom I work with, who are trying to be empathetic to black pain. And they're like, oh, help me understand what's going on. It must be so hard to be you. And you turn around and look at them like, you can never understand, mother mother. Like, that's the feeling that even in, when you try okay. to put yourself yeah. into those shoes, even if you're married to a black person, even if you're fucking a black person, you will never understand the kind of pain because that magic, that whiteness will get you out of it. Because when she came up, she was gasping for air. She was crying. But there was no more bruises on her. She could go back to her life as it was before. If mm -hmm. she had been a black person, she would have been dead or severely misfigured. Her life would not have returned to the life that she had before. And maybe that's what Misha Green was trying to explain to us. Like, even when they try to put themselves in our, in our, in our feet, I mean, in our shoes, it can never happen. Silence. Yeah. Damn. Going home now. And drop the mic. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, just real quick, last couple of, uh, Notes by our uh, unofficial six host, uh, Marla Harris. She says, uh, yes, Gabe, uh, Gabe, I wondered if that was the horror need for the white gaze to feel it. Blacks are dehumanized. Was this intentional our humanity um, and the weight of the trauma uh, for a white viewer? Uh, Donovan Gregory says, I also think Christina might be emotionally stunted due to the scene with Ruby, but also the hide and seek with children in uh, game episode three yeah she definitely has like social awkwardness like kind of uh, but also, sociopath what for sure don't you know <laughs> has some kind of uh, social awkwardness when it comes to black people and black issues on the black side of town 
Like the one thing she did do as William was she got it. They show that they can get it sometimes when she came up to her and when William and walked up to her and said, you know what, what's the problem? There's no problem here. You know, she knew that that was what she was supposed to do. But other than that, when have you not been in a situation with white folks and they're like, they don't know what to do. They're confused. And you're screaming at the top of your lungs. This is what is happening. And they're looking at you like, I just don't get it. This is not right. Why are you so upset? This is what, what, this is what we do. There's always a social awkwardness in dealing with black people and black people's faces. And I wonder if that's what, that's, that's what Christina is supposed to represent throughout this whole show. And at the same time, they're playing puppetry. They run a game. well, I think she's she mm-hmm. always kind of from the lens of, of feminism, yeah. like the, the white feminist, because I think her her stepping in in front of that dude and looking at Ruby was like, mm-hmm. I understand as a woman being talked over, or not looked at. And I think that's always the lens. I don't think she even like mm-hmm. she knows that black people experience life but differently. Can, and that's like the end can, of what she understands. It's different, but how? The lens of feminism which happens all the time, but they can never see it through the lens of blackness. And I think that's what makes this episode or makes Misha Green really interesting or really genius with this because she sees, she sees everything, even Tick, she sees everything in this show through the lens of a black woman. You know, it's... It, mm-hmm. Real quick before we go, uh, Marla Harris has asked it. She's actually demanded. Um, can we speak about the church scene? Was Letty healed, quote unquote, of her pregnancy by the spell that Christina performed? No, no I, I think vulnerability. Yeah, that's why when the the house is getting shot up, you're literally seeing the bullets b- bounce off of her, which I thought was a fantastic scene. When she realizes, she just sits up and is kind of like, "I am mad," but the bullets are just kind of like hitting like the invisible wall. Um, I did I did wonder about that too, just because the mark appears on her stomach. But I think ultimately, it it was just protection. And I mean, but but I thought. Yeah. It didn't. It might not protect the baby. It might just protect her, and that's why I was worried the whole time that she might be putting herself in danger in later episodes, thinking she's invincible and accidentally putting her child born. in danger. Baby like the book. In in that reality, though, well, we, if that reality, if, if, if that's the if right that's reality, because he could have went to any that's reality. Even the future, that's mm-hmm. right? right. Mm-hmm. But I thought I actually thought that that might be why she put the mark there on her to protect both to protect both as but, opposed to because when you saw it on william it was on his chest right mm-hmm. and hers was on her stomach is too, that though. what was on his chest yeah i thought yeah. that was like some old other brand type looking thing no no that was the that's the mark of cain because that's oh, the same okay. thing she got on there and then uh christina also has it on her, her stomach. stomach but wait len so oh, okay. are you saying that you think christina put it on her stomach to protect the baby christina doesn't know about the baby i don't believe She's not all knowing. Yeah. It's, well, well, no, but I'm saying, is that, was that, is that, you might have snipped it out. Is that what you were I, thinking? I think, I, I have a funny no. feeling she, she, yeah, she knows. knows I'm going to Google Mark again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> I, well, if you Google Mark Kane, you probably mm-hmm. get a whole lot of supernatural the t- mm-hmm. the, the oh, television yeah, yeah. show because the Mark Kane is is a very big part of that. Which show. is what Tick Tick got a page out of that book by not telling anyone anything. It's communication, yes. men. Communication. We can all get on the same page. We're all equipped. We can fight right. back. 
Just tell us tell what's us going what's on. Going. Um, all right, but ain't nobody asking about my past relationships. I, that was the war. Ain't nobody saying it had nothing to do with what's going on today. Nine tails, man. Nine tails always relevant. Letty did ask. And he found that out after he was back. He didn't know that before he left. He didn't know what it was. He saw his life flash before his eyes, and he ran for the hill. I'm not telling. Look. Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I got a, 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 the woman of my dreams. It looks like we might be having a family. Yes, we we deep in some other uh, some other shit. But the last thing I'm bringing up is that I might be a magic a magic magnet. You know, I got you <laughs> right. stick around here. You know what I'm saying? That ain't what you need. Oh, so now you got the magic stick? What else you got, motherfucker? Like, whoa, that's not even what I was trying to say, babe. And now it's all wow. carried away. And all, all of one on a tangent. Hashtag magic stick. That's not what I was trying to say, baby. Let's make that, let's yeah. make that trend. I, that's not what I meant. Hashtag magic stick. I was just stick. trying to say. <laughs> full disclosure, babe. That's all I meant. Full disclosure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He ain't yeah. mentioned a girl at the bus station. Wasn't nobody worried about that. Well, that was I'm just saying. Exactly. It's not first. But now Gia not- come up, and now you want to act like she was somebody. Like, all right, babe, we saw, like, two movies together, all right? Like, it was not that deep, okay? And it was a lack It was a lack of options, okay? It was the middle of a war, boo. What do you want me to do? You think Tick has that much game? <laughs> you I think mean, that he does, too hard. He's not like, like oh, my God, know. this woman touched me. I, I, she was my first time, and I'm not hung. I cry every episode. And you think cried I'm this not episode. hung up on this woman. <laughs> I cry every single episode. I am emotional. I am attached to that woman who took my virginity and I kept it from you. I said it was not a thing. You asked me. I said, Psh, I don't remember her. What are you talking about? It's not that I called her several times in this in the you know whole thing. I'm not saying it's first date material, but maybe we are expecting a future baby that's going to write a book and we've been through all this kind of magical shit. I died for you. I think you owe me just a little you know, history of your life. Okay. All right, Thank baby, you. but you my future, though, baby. We ain't got to worry about the past. You my future, okay? That's all we got to worry about. Me, you, and the future, all right? Me, you, and little George. That's all we got to worry about, baby. You worry about the past and countries, all we say, all right, we in Chicago, baby. It's Illinois. We right here. We in the Korea. We here, baby. All right? We got... You know about the past and stuff last week, last month. I don't know, baby. I got this month bills, okay? I got next month rent, okay? Can we talk about the future, though? Can we worry about that? Can we worry about where we going, babe? Right? I got to worry about the next level. I can't be worrying about what happened last week, that's last month, last year, okay? Stuff, I got to be looking at the next level, baby. That, where we going? That's some old that's that's some right there. Stuff. That's in the past. Mm. That's in the past. We moving forward. Yeah, who put this gaslight on? <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. We, we, we were running mad long. We were running mad long. Oh, thank you for that. Um, Hashtag magic here, stick. Make it trend. <laughs> before we get out of here, we uh, have to give a huge thank to our very special guest, Elizabeth Wellington of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you, Elizabeth, for sitting in with us. Thanks tonight. for having me. Oh, you're you're very welcome. And now, from what I understand, because you know I I told you so, you are booked to come back on the show uh, in two weeks. Yeah, for the I was finale. originally going to come on uh, to the finale, but um, you know we chitty chatted, and I decided to come back here. And I'm glad I did because this was a, this was such an awesome episode that I would have probably watched this and been like, I want to say something. 
Um, so this is really, really good. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing you all in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot wait. We cannot wait. And, and we hope that uh, and um, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, Elizabeth, how can Twitter? they I see that you put your, uh, your Twitter yeah, tag? Um, you can hit me up there. on E. Wellington PHL on Twitter. You can also email me at E. Wellington and inquire dot com. And my Instagram is also E. Wellington PHL. And my Facebook is Elizabeth Wellington. Um, but I'm loath to, to actually accept friendships on Facebook because people are crazy. So you have to send me a note first. But um, but I can be found on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. And all of you out there on Facebook and YouTube, if you want to look up our official, our unofficial six host tonight, Marla Harris, good. who was pretty much uh, coordinating all the comments in the she chat. She was on it. She, she was, knows go- she was the going show. in. So you know. Thanks, Marla. <laughs> Thank you, and Marla. And I can't wait yes. to get to Ariel. Thank you, Marla. Um, uh, and every the, the comic store. I have. I've yet. I've written about it. I've read about it. I've seen my friends write about it, and I just. I can't wait to come. I'm hoping all of this ends soon so I can get a chance to come out there and check it out. Yeah, we no, are hoping do. that as well. But if you can't get to a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, ladies and gentlemen, you can go there virtually by going to amalgamphilly.com. Pretty much, uh, if not... Not all of their inventory is up there on the website, but much of it is there for your um, buying pleasure. And you can also reach out and contact the store and they will do special orders just for you. AmalgamPhilly.com. And if you love everything that the that good horror triple Gabe is doing, you should check out her podcast, The Ghouls Next Door podcast, a great horror podcast they just actually did a um a uh 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 uh, uh, uh what you you watched it this past weekend right yes we did a watch party for it chapter one from 2017 oh man they do they do whole, they, and they go in they 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 scare you but they educate you and then they scare you again so you know you know they they, they do it the right way um check out the ghouls next door anywhere that podcasts are found or look them up on youtube they've got a youtube channel as well so you can go and subscribe to them there all right and if you like everything the black tribbles do you can reach us on all social medias on instagram facebook and twitter at black tribbles email us at black tribbles at gmail.com your thoughts and concerns are uh, and go to black tribbles.com where you can check out all of our our podcasts you can um also get swag we got swag by way of t public there and check out the, the black tribbles show we are available everywhere that you find podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. It doesn't matter. You find a podcast, you'll find the ghouls next door as well as the black triples. All right. So for the bat triple, who was me, for the horror triple, who was she, and the uncanny triple for Mr. Thursday night, night who is the master triple, and for Elizabeth Wellington, who... Is it triple that she doesn't third remember? Eye, I thought but so. I'm like, that's third eye triple. triple. You don't remember your triple name. And I'm going to put that up there next time I see it. I don't want to be trifling, but I can be trifling sometimes. I'm sorry. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the Bad Triple, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for checking us out. Mask up, be safe. And in parting, stick we say. Magic stick. Also, 
<laughs> Join us next week for the penultimate episode. I just like to say penultimate. Run to